0: The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. They use it to push a far-left political agenda in this country that is not only destroying our schools and damaging our kids... But is destroying and damaging our culture Based on faulty premises How did this happen? And I just think it's again It's a part of the decline of all things That were once rather sacred But we, ha- we are having our young people Absolutely indoctrinated In both public education and higher education Correct the record of what is truth and what is fiction God's seed has a root structure that's incorruptible And you might not see green for many years Yep, I used to be a liberal too this is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still, still possible. possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I am Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news articles and Christian commentary On the culture. And don't forget to read my articles on the American Family Association blog, The Stand, at Olive Tree Views, at LifeSightNews.com, on WND.com, and elsewhere out on the web. And be sure to check out all of the articles and resources at our website at MissionAmerica.com. Well, here we are, and welcome to Flumageddon, friends. I hope you are using good sense these days and staying away from crowds, washing your hands frequently, staying home unless your job or your activity falls in the essential category, and keeping a safe social distance. I think we should cooperate. I do believe the risks for most people are low, but I, for one, believe we should should take a few weeks to let this thing run its course and cooperate with the public health people. Now that said, there's been a bit of controversy already here in Ohio over several things, and I'll get to that in a minute. But in our house, we are stocked up. We are visiting with family and friends on FaceTime. We are reading. We are socializing. We're playing games and cards. I'm continuing to do recordings from home. And so we will get through this, and it can be a very productive time. So there's both bad news, but also good here during what I'm thinking of as the pre-apocalypse. Maybe this is a dry run for the actual apocalypse. Now is a time that we should all be very concerned about those among us who are living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe those who are going to be out of work, are disabled and elderly, especially those who live alone. Now, we've been checking in on some of the people we know, and I urge you to do the same. Reach out and go fetch some groceries, be a good neighbor, and calm some fears, because this is a can be a very scary time for a lot of people. And I know many of you parents, and if probably some grandparents, may be dealing with the sudden full-time presence of school-age children at home. I plan to do a program probably next week about um, what to do with kids who are at home. And if you've been homeschooling, you are in great shape compared to others. You're also in a great position to be a terrific resource for those non-homeschooling friends and family right now. But there have been and will continue to be some challenges out there that go beyond just the public health issue, because a time like this really reveals to us the weak and, in some cases, twisted priorities segments of our culture have developed. And, of course, God is not unaware of that. And, in fact, I believe it's clear that God uses times like these to bring truth before for us so that we can make our choices bad or hopefully good. So one of these issues is abortion. Now here's where I have had some problems with what the DeWine administration has already been doing before this crisis developed. This crisis brings to light what was already a developing issue on the abortion front, here in Ohio, by what we all considered to be and were depending on being a very pro-life governor. Now, by order of the president and also here in Ohio, elective surgeries are being postponed because of the need to free up equipment, uh, hospital beds, personnel, and so on. Okay, this makes a lot of sense. So isn't surgical abortion and elective surgery. So just think about this. If barber shops and nail salons are being ordered to close, which the governor did, and that's appropriate, what about abortion clinics? Isn't there very close physical interaction and the great possibility of transmitting the virus in abortion facilities? Well, a network of us pro-life and pro-family Ohio groups did some research. Mark Harrington of Created Equal and his team put together a YouTube where they featured the results of some calls that were made by pro-life volunteers who checked around the state on various Ohio abortion clinics several days after this order was given to end elective. Surgical procedures, and guess what? Let me play for you some of the audio from these calls, and the entire video and audio can be accessed at createdequal.org. Thank you for calling Northeast Ohio Women's Center. We have two locations serving Cleveland and Akron areas. Northeast Ohio Women's Center is open for service. The order from the Ohio Governor limits elective surgery does not apply to our facility. Ohio Women's Center how can I help you hi um well I, I'm i pregnant and I need a termination but I heard on tv that um the government is requesting that elective medical procedures be postponed because of the uh coronavirus no that no that's, so that's is that not true and That's not abortion clinics. That's for elective surgical procedures like cosmetic surgeries, things that aren't essential. Those are the things that they're um, pushing back and having people reschedule. So that's just one of several similar calls. These folks always act like the law doesn't apply to them and that the execution of unborn children is health care. It is not healthcare. It's the destruction of human life, and it's certainly not essential and never has been. Well, so then a network of our groups put out some news releases, you may have seen them, calling for these clinics to be ordered to close since they weren't being cooperative, and why are we surprised? And our Attorney General, Dave Yost, stepped up to the plate, and thank you for doing that. He did issue a directive along those lines. But the media are reporting now that the clinics claim that they will not be doing abortions. And of course, we should totally trust them on that, right? But will remain open for other what they call essential services like getting birth control, getting tested for sexually transmitted infections, all of which can be obtained at the county health department or your physician's office, but I am also sure they are going to be continuing to prescribe chemical abortions, and that is so tragic, but they are highly likely to be also doing surgical abortions if they can get away with it. Around the nation, it is being reported that several abortions abortion doctors have already tested positive for the coronavirus, including one in Michigan. So these clinics, with their known reckless approach to hygiene and safety, are breeding grounds for spreading this virus, and we should know that. They should be closed altogether And is our governor, who claims to be strongly pro-life, I mean, he did, yes, he signed the heartbeat bill, and we thank him for that. However, just keep listening here. It gets very murky. Uh, Let's listen to how he seems to have ducked a very clear question on this at a recent daily briefing, and the director of the Ohio Department of Health, Amy Acton, let's listen to how she answered a question on this topic. Hi, thanks for this update. Jesse Balmert with the Cincinnati Inquirer. um, Mostly for the health director, but uh, come up in the past couple days, do surgical abortions fall under the category of an elective procedure that was banned earlier in the week? Could you maybe provide some clarity there? Yes, well, I'll direct everybody to take a look at the order. Again, the spirit of uh, non-elective surgeries has to do with our absolute extreme shortage of the PPE and the equipment. And I know our teams are working on this. I wanna say one thing. I am the doctor for 11.7 million people and all women, no matter where they fall on this. And I think that's very important. We cannot allow the politics of things to get in the way of doing what we have to do in a state of emergency. Um, Hi, this is Laura Hancock from Cleveland.com. Just following up, can I get some clarity? Is there ever a time when an abortion would be considered an emergency procedure? Look, there's an order that has been issued. I would refer people to look at that order. I'm going to let it go at that. This is... The attorney general is involved uh, in regard to that order, and I would refer uh, things like this to the attorney general at this point. These These are these are these are. Look, these are fact driven issues. It's very difficult to answer without knowing all the facts. Now, doesn't DeWine sound like he is eager to quickly pass the buck on this and get away from this question? I know these folks can be relentless and very harsh, and he doesn't want to deal with this right now, okay? However, the history here, the recent history, is not good. Amy Acton also, in her response there, so eager to show her support for women. She sounds kind of feminist, almost like the pro-abortion feminists would be. Well, she sounds that way because it sure appears as if Amy Acton, Ohio Department of Health director, was in her prior life a vocal supporter of Barack Obama and was also in a position where she facilitated giving funding and grants to both NARAL, the abortion group, and Planned Parenthood. Yes, Just last fall, she allowed the notorious clinic run by late-term abortionist Martin Haskell in Dayton to be re-licensed after it was ordered to close by several court rulings, and it went all the way to the Ohio Supreme Court, and all of us were cheering about, yay, finally we can get rid of these abortion clinics, and guess what? They applied under a sort of different finagled name and circumstance, and she allowed this. So many of us we're, we saw this happening, and we're shocked that DeWine's health director did this. And we waited, thinking, well, surely there's a mistake here. Surely this will be rescinded. Uh, and Amy Acton's appointment, once we looked into her background, surely Amy Acton will be dismissed. And it was probably a mistake, we thought. Well, no, there's actually been support for her all along the way, even before this latest virus uh, situation, and active hostility coming from DeWine's office as pro-life leaders have tried to talk to him about this. Now, she is supposedly our hero during this pandemic, and we do understand they have their hands full. But already, her prediction early on that a 100,000 Ohioans will either get the virus or already have it. Now, Early on in this whole situation, that seems um, extreme and was totally an unnecessary and alarmist claim, and I don't think that should have been made. I want to say I do believe we need to support the governor and her in what they're asking us to do. At least for the next few weeks. And then, of course, everyone should be able to evaluate what has gone on. And hopefully, we'll see a change and in the trajectory of all this. And we'll be able to have more freedom and renewed business openings. And um, the work stoppages will end. But we, we should be cooperative. I'm not saying that. But let's apply the law all across the board. How about some equality here? If you can't go to a barber shop or a nail salon or a hair salon, the pro-abortion people do not get special rights. And especially when we have a pro-life, supposedly governor, we will see how all this continues to play out. It is a developing story. So we're going to take a break now. And we will be right back here on Mission America Radio. This is Linda Harvey with Mission America. We will be right back. Friends, I just want to encourage you when we're spending more time at home to make it a time for family, for reconnecting, for spending more time in the Word. We can all use so much more of that. And just remember that God is always with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And just remember that He told us, be not afraid. He is our ever-present help in time of trouble. Let's think of this as a time to cement with our children the principles of the Lord Jesus, that we are to turn to him and read and believe his word, even in dark times, even in times of great stress. Just remember that with God, all things are still possible. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. And we've been talking today about the Flumageddon, the coronavirus emergency that we are all experiencing. And I want to emphasize, even in the midst of being somewhat critical of some of the abortion clinic policies and action or inaction by the Ohio officials, that I do believe we need to be cooperative during this time. This thing could end quickly if we simply, you know, shut down for a bit. It could be a quick one-two punch and then it's gone. So I think if we all cooperate and just uh, stay out of the way of each other for a while and let the virus run a quick course and then be a non-issue, pretty quickly. I think we will see that happen. I believe we need to cooperate with our government officials right now, and I don't believe we need to be spreading rumors about long-term loss of our constitutional liberties. I don't think that's in danger right now. Um, If that happens down the road, let's deal with it down the road, but I don't think that's the issue right now. So let's be wise and be cooperative. Now, that said, there is another whole issue that does need to be addressed. It's another issue where, again, I think Mike DeWine acted probably with what he was looking at, but it was not done in the right way at all. And that's the issue of the postponement of the March 17th primary. This could have been handled as it is supposed to be by him quickly going to the General Assembly because they have the authority to change elections. And I don't know that a national health emergency would have negated that. He had time to do that. And he did not do that. So at this point, I am urging, if anybody's listening over in the governor's office, the right procedure. It definitely needs to be handed over. To the state house now. They've said tentatively a date of June second for the primary, but I think what we need to do is to let the changes about our elections be decided in a reasonable manner. I think that will reassure an awful lot of people. The Ohio Democratic Party has already sued uh, the governor's office so uh, over this, and there on both sides of the aisle, there is much dismay over the quick cancellation of the primary and postponement of the primary, I should say. So that's something that needs to be handled in an orderly fashion in the right way. And I think that will go a long way toward reassuring a lot of people. Now, in that situation up until June 2nd, we need to help these conservative Republican candidates who may not have the budget of the more establishment rhino Republicans. We need to help them with their get out their signs, get out the words on their campaigns, and help them so that their the promotion of their campaign continues to go forward right up until that time. So let's talk about some other fronts. There is some good news in the midst of the coronavirus apocalypse. With the schools being closed, you know, there's a lot of things that will be a challenge for parents and grandparents. But one good thing is that for those who were in the public schools, your kids will escape some of the propaganda that is so widespread during the springtime in most public schools. For instance, children will not be exposed to the April pro-homosexual Day of Silence. For those who don't know, this is the day each year when the radical group the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network GLSEN organizes students and teachers to refuse to speak for an entire day, including during class as it is becoming more common, to draw attention to the supposedly silenced voices that's what they claim of homosexuals or those who are gender rebellious, those very, very mixed up kids and teachers trying to pose as the opposite sex and then demanding that everyone else use nonsensical pronouns. Now, as my pro-family colleague, Laurie Higgins of the Illinois Family Institute, as she recently wrote, let's remember the truth about these supposedly silenced people that they are the ones who are marching in parades, if they can do it. Now, some of those parades may be canceled, and that would be the good news, but they're appearing and demanding to have characters appear who are, quote-unquote, LGBTQ in every TV and streaming program, and who are suing government schools, parents, and Christians with small wedding-related businesses. These folks are well-funded, and they are aggressive. There is no tolerance on their side. So the idea of them being perennial victims and being silenced has become more and more laughable. Not that we laugh at people who are struggling with this, but we do not tolerate, we should not tolerate bullying. And that's what they've become. they become fascist, sexual anarchist bullies. None of this is good for individuals, and it's certainly not good for school climates, and it's not good for our country. So there's some more good news. It, it may, As I just mentioned, it may be that the homosexual pride parades and many of the spring pride events will be canceled. There was a recent event in Miami, an annual very, very depraved party that is called, I believe it's called the Winter Party. One of these things called circuit parties, mostly for male homosexuals, they go from city to city, and it's one weekend-long orgy, frankly. It did go on as scheduled the second weekend of March, and so, you know, what kind of virus infections were spread as a result of that? Again, people are afraid to stand up to the LGBTQ quote unquote community. It's time to do that, just like the always demanding and always destructive pro-abortion community. Also, there were many kids down going as usual in these big crowds for spring break on the beaches in Florida. Now, there was a lot of criticism in Florida that they didn't close the beaches and break up these crowds sooner, but they have done that now. And the problem with that, of course, is for Florida, but also, for the kids who return back to their homes in Ohio, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, and then spread the viruses there, because a lot of these kids, of course, will be non-symptomatic. Friends, there's a lot to pray about. Let's look in on our more isolated, elderly, disabled, and struggling people and families. Let's pray for our friends and neighbors and for our nation, and also for our all of the nations of the world, especially those hard hit like China, Italy, Spain, Iran, and all those who are having to deal with this in such a difficult way. So I would like to leave you with some scripture verses to think about. Matthew 11:28. come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in time of trouble. Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And from the 23rd Psalm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Just remember, friends, one other scripture verse that with God, all things are possible. And let's just remember that with God, all things are still possible, even in times of trouble. Have a great day.